1: are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth if not where would you start is it money and your family money and charitable contributions or business and personal wealth this is conversations with money featuring your hosts Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski our show is about real people talking about money you will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also, hopefully, develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here
2: is Franco and Marissa. Welcome, you're listening to Conversations with Money. I am your host, Franco Caligari,
3: And I'm your host, Marissa Sebulensky. And we're here today to get intimate with our money. Our show is about tearing apart beliefs, thoughts, and myths on money. This is a critical conversation because we believe people are sabotaging relationships, their health, their overall state of well being, and really limiting themselves from ever achieving wealth, whatever that might look like to you. And that might be the big fancy house, the car, or it might just be a cabin where you know you have enough money to cover the mortgage.
2: Now, make sure that uh, you're following us on Twitter. Which is at your money matters, and the, the matters is M A T T R S, so no E in there. Or go to our website, which is www.capitalcorefinancial.com, or fo- you know, check us out on, on Facebook, which is Capital Core Financial. So, Marissa, you've, uh, you've had a busy week.
3: I have, as of you, yeah.
2: You were speaking on uh, Sunday?
3: Yeah, I was speaking at an event called Recharge. I was talking about recharging your finances. It was uh, quite it was it was quite enjoyable. We were chatting about it was really a presentation designed to help people start looking at money objectively take away all of the emotional meaning that we place on money because of stories or things that we picked up as children and to really get objective about money, build a financial plan and move forward. Mm -hmm. And the limiting beliefs that we create ourselves and how that stops us from ever achieving our wealth. So That's great. Yeah, and then yourself, you spoke last night.
2: I did, yes, fresh off of uh, (laughs) an event last night at the Man Talks event. It was great. It was uh, there were three speakers, and I mm-hmm. uh, was one of them. And the 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 point of it was um, to provide a platform for for men to to talk about. Uh, well, this particular event was on wealth, right? Right, and balancing creating balance in creating wealth, and it just it's a platform to allow men to express challenges that come up for them
3: and get real about money.
2: Well, as men. Uh, there, there's a, a belief that we need to be strong and
3: mm-hmm.
2: not talk uh, We should do
3: a whole show on talk that. About,
2: Well, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we will. Maybe we will. But yeah, no, it was good. Uh, but I'm excited. We have a, a great guest today. And uh, there's a stat that we found about oh. mortgage.
3: Well, I mean... Because we're going to be
2: talking about mortgages today.
3: This is, yes. And it turns out that getting a mortgage is in the top 20 of the most stressful events in your life.
2: That's incredible, Mm -hmm. a mortgage, Mm -hmm. as simple as it is.
3: It can be simple, but I think for a lot of people, it's not so simple.
2: Right. Well, hopefully our guest today will help us simplify our thought process. We're looking or considering a a mortgage, and our guest is uh, Nate uh, McAvoy, and uh, a little background about Nate. Uh, Nate is a mortgage broker, and he guides his clients through the mortgage process, which definitely is important. And they believe that having a professional mortgage advisor is a crucial component to any financial planning team. And getting the right mortgage is specifically related to the ability to becoming debt free sooner. I mean, wouldn't everybody like to, mm-hmm. to have that? I mean, mortgages is probably one of the greatest debts or biggest debts that people have. And having a home is definitely one of also the biggest asset that a lot of people uh, do also have. And also having control over their financial future with a mortgage.
3: We all like that.
2: Right. (laughs) Now, Nate understands the mortgage market and navigates his clients through the market dynamics, enabling them to successfully meet their real estate goals. Nate strives to build strong relationships with his clients and it shows through his commitment to to them, which extends beyond current solutions but into future planning. Now, we've worked with Nate. Uh, Nate, welcome, first of all.
4: Uh, Thank you very much for having me.
2: Yeah, no problem. It's great to have you on. We've worked with you for for about a year now, or has it been longer than that? Probably a little little more than a year, yeah.
3: Yeah, he helped me. He got me with my mortgage set up over a year ago. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) thank you, Nate. You're
2: very welcome. Thank you. Well, that's great. Uh, Well, Welcome, uh, Nate, uh, to the show. This show is about um, looking at uh, obstacles that come up and, and, and... and a mortgage is one of those, well, debts that, uh, that people have and that we have uh, that has, can be quite stressful. As, as, as Marissa said, that it's in the top 20 most stressful things to do in one's life.
3: I don't know if I can even say how many people I've met with that have asked, should I rent or buy? And flip flop and flip flop for years before they make a decision. So I think this is a common, you know, a stress for a lot of people. And I think it's generally around not knowing. I think the time when people get fearful and stressed out about it is when they don't have enough information to make a make a decision. I would, I would. So Nate, uh, yeah, go ahead.
4: Oh, I was just I was just going to agree with what Marissa um, had said there. Um, Basically, not knowing fear—fear fear of the unknown—and and, and mm-hmm. not knowing what they're getting into. Uh, why I believe it's so important to have uh, people on your side to help guide you and help help you plan for this for the big step. Uh, being a financial planner, mortgage broker—key key pieces in that in the whole process.
2: So, what can complicate that process, Nate? Well, what can comp? Yeah, what can comp? Comp- con- compl- <laughs>
3: Cont- complicate, oh wow. <laughs> We're having this is pretty complicated.
2: About. All my words have gone from last night's speech. <laughs> well, go ahead, Nate. To be honest,
4: to go back uh, on onto the, the topic of sort of fear, like should I, should I not, that, that is one of the biggest things that, that can actually complicate the whole process um fear and 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 fear is it it, it's pretty natural it's a very a very big step uh become stepping into home ownership taking on taking on a debt load uh of a mortgage it's going to be like you'd said probably the biggest uh the biggest loan or the biggest debt you will take on in your life um Mm -hmm. so so there is definitely uh a factor of fear involved um now whether that's justified or not, it's it's very it's a very oh, personal thing. If
2: someone, when, when you are looking, yeah, go ahead.
4: Oh, sorry, I was just going to say it, it's a very personal thing. Some people are just like they're brought up. Especially in, over mm-hmm. the past decade, all we've heard on every every newscast, every radio cast, every blog that goes out is is um, ever since the big uh, economic crash back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, is is debt, debt, debt. We're all drowning in debt. It's killing us. Um, it caused a big crash. So, so there is a lot of fear, like I said, especially over the last decade. Um, but like I said, with the right people and with the right plan, uh, we could really utilize this leverage or debt, as you will, um, to, to plan for our future and, and have, a, have a very bright future as far as uh, planning for retirement and such, making things easier down the road.
2: Mm-hmm. So what 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 can people do to reduce that stress?
4: Step one what is people uh, do to yeah. So, so I would say honestly, step one is to to talk to some professionals. Like talk to your mortgage broker, talk to your financial planner. Let them know that um, you've been thinking about getting into home ownership. Um, you, you might have some fears about it. Let them know what your fears are. Um, with with carrying a debt load or with with getting into homeownership as as a whole, and and have them sit down with you and and sort of put a plan together, put a budget together, maybe, and and sort of walk you through the steps and show you that uh, it can be done. It doesn't need to be that fearful, and you can come out the other side very successful.
2: Now you mentioned fears. What what are are some of the the common fears that that you have seen? Uh, or have heard from from your clients.
4: Well, uh, number one fear is is uh, it, it's a commitment thing. It's it's going from from sort of having control over 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 your monthly let's call it control over your monthly expenses. You you know, okay, I'm paying this in rent. I don't have to worry about anything else. If I want to take that vacation, I could take it. Nothing's tying me down. A lot of a lot of first time home buyers or prospective first time home buyers. Um, have a fear of okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get this mortgage and now the mortgage is going to control me all my decisions uh, i have to run by my mortgage first before i can make a decision whether it's the vacation or or or, or buying the new bag or whatnot um, and again with with proper planning and such not much really has to change sure you have to be responsible once you've once you've brought leverage into your life or brought debt into your life and you have to you have to make sure that you're being responsible handling that debt but it can still be done and you could still have the life that that you've lived in, in all honesty especially around uh, our area here in Vancouver with rental rates where they are you' the, the amount the amount most people are paying in rent they could actually afford to get a mortgage and, and live in a very similar home Wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I, I definitely appreciate what you're saying about debt. That was largely what my presentation was on on Sunday was looking at that be 75% of Canadians and I believe 80% of Americans are in debt, and that's excluding mortgage debt. So I think there is so much meaning that we place on money or the lack thereof in this situation and so much confusion around debt being just an outright bad thing. Rather than recognizing it, it can actually be an opportunity to create. Uh, and I think if we shift our perspective, I think it enables us to... That, that's how, in many ways, a lot of people build wealth. But understanding when debt is good and when debt is bad and the opportunity is, and how you can use a mortgage to build is is a big challenge and obstacle that we do come across all the time. So...
2: Because a lot of times the the fear of having a debt, uh, a lot of time, it it it's what our ter- parents have taught us. Uh, we've come across uh, oh yeah debt. Many. You hear
3: debt is bad. You hear yeah. all the different things.
2: And when you challenge or you ask where where did you get that thought from, uh, generally people will say, well, this is what my parents taught me. This mm-hmm. is what they said. But a mortgage is just a tool. It's just a tool. That allows us to be able to buy a home, uh, Nate. How many times have you seen people actually come up with? Let's just say uh, a home costs eight hundred thousand. How many people have you seen come to you and say, "Hey, I got eight hundred thousand um, dollars to put into into this home." Now you may not see it. Maybe it's the real estate agent. Yeah, I'm definitely But not uh, that.
4: but I I get your point. Right. That's point zero 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 one zero percent. It's, it it doesn't happen. Not very often anyhow. And that's exactly what a mortgage is. Mortgage is just, it's just a vehicle that enables you to get into home ownership, to start building wealth through property and and being able to utilize your own money to build wealth for the future. It's, it's just there to help you. It's a relatively inexpensive way to borrow money to help you buy a home compared to most Mm -hmm. other, most other debts you're going to take on. Let's, uh, personal loans, a car loan, especially credit card debt, which is usually around twenty percent. Uh, a mortgage mm-hmm. loan debt is relatively very inexpensive, much less than those. So, it, if you think about it that way, it's just a vehicle that helps you get from from renting, from using your hard-earned monthly income, paying somebody else's mortgage off, to allowing you to step into home ownership yourself and build start building equity for yourself and and become a homeowner. It's far less mm-hmm. scary to think about it that way.
2: Mhm. So if you if you have a couple that were looking to uh, to to get a mortgage for the very first time, what what would you recommend? What are the steps that you would recommend that uh, that they follow?
4: Well, I think step one's a good step if they're coming to see me, um, not just on a personal level, but but any any mortgage broker because uh, the mortgage broker will sit down with them. They'll hear them out. They'll hear exactly sort of what what their plans are, what they're what they're looking to get into. Maybe they don't know, so then the mortgage broker can sit down with them. They can uh, take a look at where they where they currently are, like as far as what where where their finances sit. Uh, do they have a debt level? What what their credit looks like. Uh, what kind of property that they think they may be able to get, and the mortgage worker will sit down with them, and and go over all this with them, and they'll give them an idea of exactly, okay, well, this is what this is what your situation looks like. If you if you are looking to get into home ownership, this is how much uh, basically you can afford. This is how much the banks will approve you for. Now, this if you decide to go with your maximum amount, this is what your monthly. Um, a commitment is going to be as far as financially. This is; these are the costs that's going to cost you. And if you're comfortable with those, then you could start maybe taking the next step and moving forward. Now, maybe you're not comfortable with that with that monthly commitment. Maybe that's too much. So you want to dial yourself back. That's that's a very smart thing to do. You don't want to out leverage yourself. You don't want to be leveraged too much where you're, you're you're putting too much in monthly. So. That's exactly why you sit down with your mortgage broker and your financial planner to tell you the truth. Because um, the financial planner and mortgage broker—they're—they're they're a pretty tight team when it comes to um, what you what you can smartly do and responsibly do with your money and still be and still be safe and still and still have the life that you want to live. So step one, yes, right, def- right. Step one is definitely seeing seeking out the help of, of professionals, financial planner, mortgage broker, whatnot. And then then once you've sort of taken a look at the numbers and, and you've you've had the conversation and you know exactly what it, what it's going to look like moving forward if you do decide to step into home ownership, you now now you need to see, okay, have we budgeted for, for home purchase? Because Mm-hmm. There's some costs You have to come up with, uh, in Canada, the, the the minimum down payment is 5%. You can't get a 100% loan for an 800,000. They're not going to give you $800,000 for that $800,000 house. They're only going to give you right. 95% of any home loan. So you have to come up with your down payment, and there's going to be some costs and lawyer costs and such. So if you're not at that point, we're going to put a plan together. We're going to put a budget together for you to get to that point and then be able to prudently move forward. Uh, like I said, being uh, successful at it, and and not overextending yourself.
3: Mhm.
2: Mhm. Right. I, I like the point there. We have another minute here before we go into a break, uh, but uh, I like the point that you brought up: working as a team, uh, not uh, working in siloed. Um,
3: yeah, leveraging resources. I think yeah. that's largely when people bump up against, and they let their objectives win. Is, you know, the fear win or they fuel the fear by not getting the information, not leveraging resources. So they take a hypothesis that's completely based on fear and just allow that to be their thought Mm -hmm. or their belief. Debt is bad and this isn't a good opportunity. Right. I'm just going to rent and pay someone else's mortgage.
2: Without really looking at the numbers. They make that emotional decision mm-hmm. instead of actually looking at the numbers, which makes sense. All
3: right. Getting the information, leveraging resources.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you want to get into uh, this conversation here, uh, please, uh, you can send us an email, which is info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Also, if you want to uh, get in on the, uh, on, on the action with the, any questions that you have with Twitter, which is at your money matters, and the matters is M A T T R S. There's no E in that. Or go into our website, which is www.capitalcorefinancial.com, or go to to our Facebook page, which is Capital Core Financial. Once again, that email is info@capitalcorefinancial.com. So we're going to go into a break here, Nate. Uh, we'll see you on the other side and love to continue to have that conversation about uh, what people could be doing to make or, or get into a successful mortgage. So yeah, will see you on the other side. Perfect.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money.
2: Welcome back. I am your host, Franco Caliguri,
3: And I am your host, Marissa Sepolinski.
2: We are here today talking with Nate McAvoy who is a mortgage specialist. Now, before the break, we're looking at uh, some some pointers and some tips. Nate, you're providing us uh, some tips. You gave us two great uh, tips. And we actually have an email question. Mirsa, can you read that there? Sure.
3: I totally agree. And this is from Sonia. Thank you, Sonia, for the question. I totally agree with your guest that fear is a big component of being a first-time buyer. A few of my friends own either a condo or townhouse and are having a difficult time keeping up with their monthly expenditures. Their maintenance fees keep going up. Is it really worth it? How can a young person in their 30s or 40s get into this market without going bust? Great question.
2: And actually, the the question sorry, it's not Sonia, it's Anne. So thank you, Anne, for. Thank you for the uh, the question. So, Nate, how would you respond?
4: Uh, yeah, that is a great question, and it, it kind of touches back on what I what I said previously about when you sit down with uh, with your trusted advisors, um, and you put a plan together. You look at you look at affordability, and and now. Just because you, just because the numbers on the paper say that the banks are going to lend you X amount of dollars um, at the maximum, doesn't mean you you should or it's a personal decision. But it doesn't mean you have to take that maximum dollar amount. Um, I know everybody wants to get into the the best home they can, the home of their dreams and whatnot. But you have to be realistic when when looking at um, at purchasing a home. And like I said, your monthly expenses. Um, so yeah, and I think so. Go on, go
3: on. sorry. No, 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 I mean I think that's exactly. It, it goes right back to our quite, our uh, our point on working with the mortgage broker and the financial advisor. And exactly. we've worked in situations before where someone comes up with this idea, or you know, you said the eight hundred thousand dollars mortgage or what have you, at ninety five percent leveraged. But we know that the budget doesn't allow for them to maintain those payments, and you don't want to get it to the point where if the maintenance fees do go up. As they have in your example here, Anne, if the maintenance fees do go up, you want to have a buffer there. So we generally, and that's that's you know a big point in working as a team, is we generally will work together to make sure that that budget, the amount going towards the mortgage, you do allow yourself a buffer. You should never be maxing out on your spending. And we see it oftentimes when someone does their budget and they you see money in and money out. And the majority of their money, we know a lot of people call it house poor, mm-hmm. is going into the payments of their mortgage. The lack of a buffer to leave for things like increasing maintenance fees, et cetera, is concerning
2: yeah, because Nate, from your experience, have condo fees gone down ever? no <laughs> they generally go one way, and that's they're, they're up. going
4: one way and now now that being said, it sounds like um sorry Anne. it sounds like ann's friend is is kind of having some bad luck with the condo fees if they just keep going up and keep going up. And um, mm-hmm. I have actually mm-hmm. just recently had a client who, um, in all honesty, sold their property because their condo fees did about an 80% jump and added about wow. $350 extra each month. Um, and it was just it was just too much pressure for them to to keep up to that. Um, right. And ag- again, that's not the norm. That is not the norm. That, thats It's very unfortunate that happened. Um, but it can happen. And that's, like you said, that's why we need mm-hmm. to, to put a, a prudent plan in place that we right. know yeah, that think, we can afford.
3: I, I think that also brings up when we generally talk about when you take on the responsibility and, and the, the debt like a mortgage of having an emergency fund having extra money there for those, you know, when you take on a home, recognizing that there will be expenses that come up that as a tenant or when you're renting that you don't have to incur. So I I had a plumber come to my house for 10 minutes the other day and I got a bill for $165. 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I remember when I used to rent and I didn't pay $165 for 10 minutes of a plumber. Right.
4: (laughs) So, so, yeah. What's that I was, just, I was just saying that I think I might just go get my plumbing ticket now.
3: Yeah, seriously.
2: <laughs> well, what what uh, we're talking about here, I think it's is, it's an important piece when you do have a mortgage or looking to to get into a mortgage situation. The budget is an important process. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go on vacation without planning out what the expenses are.
3: Without knowing your numbers.
2: Like if, if you just go and, and just end up in the, the country and just decide to stay at random hotels, you don't know what you're going to be spending your money on. Your budget uh, could have been originally 5000 You may end up mm-hmm. uh, actually spending $15,000. And also same, same with the renovation. You know, mm-hmm. I, last summer I went through a renovation and we probably went 50% uh, over what mm-hmm. we originally uh, were thinking mentally. And uh, it wasn't until we actually start to write it down where we saw the numbers, it became more real, then we actually were really close to what that budget was. Mm-hmm. And without writing it down, Nate, how many times have you seen people where they actually written down what the numbers are, where they knew exactly what their numbers are, and they, they were able to absorb any increases, such as a condo fee by, as an example, 5%, um, how much more successful are they in, in maintaining a mortgage compared Light to years. people that, that don't know what their numbers are?
4: For sure. Light year, it's, it's the key ingredient um, to making it a lot less painless and, and smooth and successful. If, you, if they have a budget, and, and in all honesty, the first time I see people, most of them don't. And that's why we sit down with them and uh, we work with them, their financial planner, and we and we put a budget together and when you have that budget in place and you're not just saying okay I'm buying a home here's my down payment here's my home now let's run uh you're mm-hmm. far more successful far more successful mm-hmm. and and you, you don't you don't yes. come up with problems because
3: mm-hmm.
2: you're planning ahead and then something that definitely we would encourage that you you look at your numbers every 6 months mm-hmm. it's not just random randomly looking at it uh, every few years, but being proactive and looking at every six months. And you can really see how does it fit within your own budget.
3: So going back to your question, and in regards to is it possible to get into a mortgage and be a homeowner and deal with increasing fees and not going bust? A 100% possible. But it takes some work from you to start looking at the numbers, tracking, get a very clear idea of what's going in, what's going out, and what you're capable of affording to leave yourself enough of a buffer that if the maintenance fees go up or you have a leak and you need a plumber for $165, that the money is there. So it's, it's and, and leverage a team, work with the team. So we encourage you to explore that for yourself and start looking at the numbers.
2: Now we have another email. Question, Marissa. Oh, I
3: like this question. This is one we hear all the time. What, and this is from Dan. Thank you, Dan. What are the pros and cons of using a mortgage broker as opposed to working directly with a bank when shopping for a mortgage? Great Um, question, Dan. Yeah,
2: Nate, you probably get this question a lot. (laughs) Why
3: would I use a mortgage broker?
4: yeah exactly exactly I, I do get that question a lot and it is a great question because uh, traditionally like our parents obviously didn't use mortgage brokers um, they went straight to their bank their trusted bank everybody feels that their bank is you know what I've been with this bank for 10 15 20 25 30 years they're gonna treat me right and you know what I'm not saying that they're not going to right um, mm-hmm. however the the big the big couple differences you go to your bank and and get a mortgage and, the, and they're gonna they're gonna offer you a mortgage um, out of their, their select uh, small box of products that they have, um, th- their rates, their, their small box of rates they have, and, and then you're gonna sign the papers and, and get your mortgage, and you're sort of just sort of stuck with what they've offered you. Now, if you go to a mortgage broker, which is this is probably one of the, the main differences, is us as mortgage brokers, we work with dozens and dozens of banks, trust companies, credit unions. We work with them all at big banks as well, and and we, we shop it around. So now you're not just stuck with the small product box that your one local bank is giving you. You 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 get a vast vast array of different products, uh, different rates, almost always better rates. Uh, but but more importantly, better product options as well, like things like um, prepayment privileges and different amortizations and such. Uh, so working with a mortgage broker, we do the footwork for you, and we shop it around, and we we've, we've spend a lot of time building relationships with all these lenders to be able to get uh, the best products for our clients. That's, that's probably the number one uh, most easy thing to see when, when you're comparing the two, banks versus mortgage brokers. Uh, but even more than that, um, your mortgage broker is with you for the life of your mortgage, but more importantly for the term. So if you go to your bank and you get your five-year Five-year fixed mortgage, like most people do, um, you you accept whichever whichever rate they offered you at the time, which is usually not the best rate right off the bat. The best, but, right? And and so over, you you don't see them again for five more years. Um, and that's not to say you don't see your bank because you obviously you're doing other things with your bank. Um, but as far as you as far as you're concerned, as far as they're concerned, the mortgage is is it's good to go for five years. You don't have to worry about them. Now, when you work with a mortgage broker, they're they're with you for that entire term. Um, they're constantly on top of market dynamics, making sure like if there is any change in the market that we can that we can utilize and maybe make changes to your current mortgage to save you money. We're gonna let you know. Like we're gonna pick up the phone, we're gonna call you and say, "Look, this is what's going on in the market right now. Uh, if we make this change to your mortgage, you're gonna save X amount of dollars in interest or whatnot." We're there to save you money. Uh, at the end of the day, right. uh, we don't work for the banks. The banks work for the banks. The banks want to make interest. I work for, for my clients, and my, the only thing that matters to me is a happy client because a happy client mm-hmm. is going to be my client for life, and a happy client's going to mm-hmm. prefer friends and families and such. I'm not, in, I'm not trying to make the highest interest rate off them like, like a bank normally would, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm there to make it uh, as painless and as pleasant as possible.
2: So it's just not a one-time event,
4: no, no, not not at all. I, I get I get calls every single day from clients who who are currently in a mortgage, but they're happy with their mortgage, but they just have questions or whatnot. And I I just call I contact the lenders for them if they have anything they want changed. They come through, straight through me. It's an easy phone call they have to make. They don't have to go into the bank or whatever, and I can make that call and 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 get the wheels get the wheels in motion for them. Like mm-hmm. it's, yes. it's 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 just part of the package
3: yeah, it's very similar for all of the years that I've been working with it, different types of insurance, disability, critical illness, life insurance, where people go to the bank and they're given just the you know the blanket, the the base plan that the bank offers, and they don't have the ability to look out at all of the different ones. And oftentimes when they come to us, it's we are able to save them a lot of money. And I love it. It's great. But it takes people knowing, see a specialist, don't just go to the bank, don't just go to have a different teller every time, have a financial advisor that you work with consistently that will understand your goals, understand your financial plan, understand your budget and take you from now for the next 20 years throughout as you build your wealth.
2: And also, I, I would say that uh, work not just with a, a planner or a mortgage specialist, but even the lawyer, mm-hmm. having including yeah. the lawyer, uh, even the general insurance um, representative. And, and I, I think having that team, you cover all the the bases. Now, if if you want to get in on this conversation, uh, you can call us at uh, one. It's a toll free number one eight six six. Four seven two five seven nine zero, or if you don't want to uh, to call in, but uh, prefer to send us an email, please send us an email at uh, info at capitalcorefinancial.com dot Now, Nate, uh, if you were to provide some other tips on uh, obtaining a mortgage or or living with a mortgage, um, what, what else would you offer?
4: Uh, obtaining a mortgage is it's. Like I do with with all clients, it's all about um, co- coming in to see your mortgage professional, sitting down with them, and, and and taking a look at at your affordability first of all. Like I've already mentioned, uh, and from there building a budget, which I've already mentioned, and w- without those in place, it's 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 really tough to see where you're sitting. But mm-hmm. as, as far as general lending guidelines that most lenders have, it's it's all it's all, it's about a couple things. It's about um, your income, how much you make for, for how much you can afford. Um, very importantly is the next one, which is your credit. So now, have you been responsible with credit and with debt in the past? Are you keeping up with your payments and such? If you're doing these things, you're going to have good credit and banks are going to want to lend to you. Um, if you're if you're late on payments... Can we, can we
3: actually pause on that for a second? When you say good credit... So people understand what that means because we get that question a lot where people say, what is good credit if I, you know, missed a payment once or if I paid it late or, you know, some people think that just because they have a lot of debt, that's bad credit, but they pay their payments all the time on time, never miss one. What, what, how would you define bad credit from your standpoint of where you see it become a problem that someone isn't able to get a mortgage?
4: Good point. Very good point. Um, So missing a payment once in a blue moon, I mean, very, very irregularly, isn't going to crush your credit. Um, every mispayment, okay. every mispayment though, will have a downward effect on a your.
3: A like a right score.
4: Right. Everything's about the credit score. A uh, maximum of uh eight hundred and fifty. So every every little blemish let's say on your credit bureau whether it's a mispayment or or something like is um a disputed even a disputed parking ticket that's years old and they've sent to collections anything that's been sent to collections those will be dings on your on your credit bureau now like i said if it's a one-off or a very rare thing, and and if you're sitting here thinking, oh, mm-hmm. um, I had that parking ticket that I didn't pay because I was disputing it and went to collections, and I also missed that one payment on that on that loan I had, I'm prob- my credit's probably destroyed. That's not going to be the case. Now, if it's repetitive and you're mi- missing payment, missing credit card payments all the time. Uh, couple, two, three, four times a year and and maybe a collection on there. stuff. now your credit's going to start to get really dinged up and it's going to get sort of below the mark of uh, below the number that that lenders want to see um, when they're when they're talking to clients about lending them for mortgage financing. So it, it takes more than the than the very irregular um, slip up to to really damage your credit. But it is something you want to be aware of and you have to stay on top of. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it, as, far, as far as going to the big banks and getting what's called A lending, so the best rates, the best products, the best mortgages, um, they want to see good credit. So you definitely have to stay on top of that. And if you've done that, if you've stayed on mm-hmm. top of that and, 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 and you've been – prudent with saving and you've saved up your down payment and such and you've come and you've talked to your to your trusted advisors, your, your financial planner, you let them know that this is something you want to look, look into and you've talked to your mortgage broker and you've got your plan out there then um, you're going to be well on your way to owning a home uh, in, in a very successful way. Mm-hmm. A, a home that you can afford mm-hmm. and still live the life that you're accustomed to living and, and doing the things that you're that, that, that you want to do.
3: Mm-hmm. While building equity in an asset. We like that. Right, exactly.
2: Yeah, like that. Well, if you want to, well, once again, if you want to get into this conversation, the toll-free number is 1-866-472-5790, or you can uh, send us an email, which is info at com, or follow us on Twitter, which is at yourmoneymatters, matters is uh, M-A-T-T-R-S, no E in there, or you can check us out on our website. Uh, we have a video on there of uh, Marissa and I, so you can actually check us out and see who we are. And that's www.capitalcorefinancial.com or you can check us out on Facebook.
3: At Capital Core Financial. Capital Core
2: Financial. <laughs> Nate, we're gonna be going into a break here. Uh, I wanna to continue to, to talk about uh, uh, credit score. We talked about what can get you into trouble with your credit score. But what on the other side, yeah, yeah, on the other side, we want that. to explore just thinking that. what can we do to, uh, I'm sure you have a couple of great tips. So we'll see you on the other side.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: with Franco Caliguri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money.
2: Welcome back. I am your host, Franco Caliguri.
3: And I'm your host, Marissa Saplinski.
2: Today we have uh, a great guest, uh, Nate McAvoy, and he's, uh, he's been walking us through the process of uh, having a mortgage. So if you have a mortgage, he's been giving us some great insight and information. Uh, and uh, before we, we went to the break there, Nate, uh, we're talking about how, um, how you can get into trouble with your credit score. And uh, now what we want to do is to, uh, to explore and to look at how do we, or how can one uh, build their their credit score? And I think, Marissa, you wanted to say something about that too?
3: Yeah, no. I mean, I was just thinking on, on the uh, the other side of, in terms of credit, I think we see it a lot where, We talk to people and they say, well, you know, I've paid off all my credit cards and now I'm going to cancel my credit cards just because then I can get myself into a better situation to apply for a mortgage to get the right home. And so they become somewhat unrecognizable in the credit system and have canceled their credit cards as they paid them off and slowly minimize their, their ability to incur debt as thinking that that's a proactive, somewhat reactive way of not creating that situation again. And then when they go to qualify for a mortgage, they realize that they, in fact hurt themselves a little bit in their ability to establish credit by by minimizing and getting rid of any accessible debt. Uh, I, I was curious from your standpoint, Nate, if you've seen that before, if that's something you come up against, or people that are somewhat unrecognizable in the credit system because they haven't established that, and how that can affect someone's ability to qualify for a mortgage.
4: Yes, great. That's a great question as well. That does come up from time to time. I have seen that. Um, it when 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 we do a the credit search and you and you pull their credit bureau, all their information will be there. But under their credit score, there'll be an N or credit reject is what it's called. And and basically, like you said, they just don't have any active credit. So they've they've kind of um, and and you see this a lot for people who are n- new to the country as well. They just haven't built. Okay. Up. They just haven't built up credit yet, um, so so like you said, they're sort of unrecognizable um, via the credit bureau. And yes, lenders lenders require that that you have credit uh, in order to to borrow for mortgage lending. So that that's a very good point um, as far as building up credit um, and and such, so that you are recognizable. You need to do things like uh, take advantage uh, of credit, of 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 debt, such as um, get yourself a credit card. Um, Even and now, now if you're if you're fearful of of. Of getting into a debt situation that that might be out of your control maybe that's why you you got rid of all your debt in the first place because you got out of control then you had to consolidate all your debt so then you sort of you sort of wiped yourself off the off the uh, credit bureau. credit system so, exactly mm-hmm. and I've seen that from clients as well they've gotten themselves into too much credit card debt uh, and credit card mm-hmm. debt is tough because like I said earlier it's right it's about 20 percent interest and that's That's a lot of interest, and you can get behind that real quick. So, they get themselves into trouble. So, then they consolidate all their debt, they cut up their credit cards. Um, The following year, they they think they want to buy a home or whatnot, but they they haven't been using any credit cards or whatnot. So, now they're unrecognizable. So, what they got to do is they got to get back to being recognizable, they got to go to their bank, they have to get a Mm -hmm. credit card. And now, if you, like I said, if you're if you're sort of a little insecure about about your responsibility level with that credit card, you can get a prepaid credit card. Get a cell phone. Cell phones not now report on on credit bureaus um, and make those payments. And oh, pre-
3: really? I didn't know make,
4: that. Yeah, it's it's it just started happening last year, but they start to report. And like like you sort of kicked off. Um, this piece, they're talking about how can we improve credit. Um, it works the same way. Like get get that credit card, get that cell phone, um, make yourself visible, and always pay your bills on time. Um, mm-hmm. Utility bills—that's th- th- another another good way. Like a utility bill, you want to make sure that that you're always paying them on time. You're paying them as quick as possible. You're never going over the overdraft. Like you're never, if you have a a thousand dollar limit on your credit card and you're constantly going over it, that's going to reflect badly on you. So you're paying it off in time, and you're not going over. Um, And in all honesty, older debt is better debt. So if you've had a a credit card for twenty years um, that you put ten k on it every 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 month, you're putting ten thousand dollars on it, but you're paying off. It's 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 a better credit card. It's a stronger. Form of debt than a brand new card that you just got, so Mm -hmm. uh, the key is jumping
2: from card to card. Yes, or uh, jumping card card
4: to card because you're getting the bonus points or whatnot, or you're getting a free flight somewhere or whatever. It's established debt is a much stronger indicator of your credit worthiness.
3: Mm -hmm, I like that established debt is a stronger.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not being dazzled by the uh, shiny new promotion That's that right. the uh, the financial institution is is uh, putting dangling right in front of you. Now, Nate. Uh, also, uh, I've heard that uh, if you if you pay off your credit card, the immediate thought is to cut up those uh, credit cards and to cancel them. But I I have heard and have learned uh, that you want to pay it off. If you have to freeze that card in uh, in your freezer, uh, but,
3: but I'd love keep to come it. to your house and see a bunch of frozen credit cards. <laughs> I'm going into your freezer, but but keep it.
2: <laughs> but keep it for a year because what it what it does say too is that if you paid off the card, that you can't deal or handle credit. That's right. Mm-hmm. But if you keep the card for another year, it allows um, they basically look at it and go, okay, well they They've been able to overcome whatever challenges that they that they had to pay off or or to handle this card.
4: That's right, that's right. Um, don't don't just cut it unless unless you absolutely have to, like there are some people who just absolutely have to because they they just they just can't handle handle the credit card debt and and they keep getting themselves in trouble. It's They're sort of not learning their lesson. So mm-hmm. so they keep on overextending themselves and overextending themselves. Um now if that's the case, you need to I uh, I guess that freezer trick would work, but but uh I'm sure they'd be thawing it out in no time and running back out to the stores. So, <laughs>
2: yeah. Well they may have to wait through the uh the frozen peas and corn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, uh, exactly. <laughs> which Marissa is gonna do in my freezer. That's right. That's right. A better a, a no, better need- Sorry, go on? Yeah. No, go ahead.
4: I was just gonna say that. Um, it's all like if you do get yourself into trouble and you end up, you pay it off, you keep the credit like you had mentioned keep the credit card you want you want that um, established credit and just try to make small prudent purchases every once in a while with it. even mm-hmm. if it's a five ten dollar purchase, pay it off because that the card keeps reporting as long as the card keeps reporting, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. but but That's once you canceled those credit cards they no longer report. Right.
3: So the prepaid cards, like I've seen some people, I've met with a few people that they didn't have, they needed to reset their credit or they got themselves out of trouble and then they start with the prepaid cards where they put you know, $1,000 onto Visa and then they get a card for $1,000 and it looks like they have a credit card, but it's really their cash. So that also helps though, correct? That helps that, build their, their debt, correct. their credit, pardon me? Yes,
4: yeah. yes it does.
3: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting perspective shift I think for people to start to look at credit as good you know, having well, as credit. A tool. As a tool. Having it can establish yourself in the system in a way that makes you a more attractive person or applicant for a mortgage.
2: Financially, not physically.
3: Right. <laughs> I got more attractive today because I spend money on my visa. <laughs> that's not that's not what we're saying. But Okay. Wanna clarify that? <laughs> I appreciate that. No, but I, I do think that that's a common misconception and misunderstanding. And I, for a lot of those people who do walk around with the belief that debt, all debt is bad and that aren't able to see that debt can actually be an opportunity to capitalize on low interest rates and borrowing rates to uh, to build wealth.
2: Exactly. Well, in the capitalized society, we operate on credit. hmm Uh, when you, let's go back to purchasing a home for the majority of, of individuals that are out there, a mortgage is an important tool. Just like with a credit card, a credit card is just a tool. But I think where the, the, the issue comes is when we overextend where, and because when you have a credit card, I remember when I first got one, I was in college, uh, and, and they were issuing out these, uh, the applications, and I got my first credit card, it seemed like it was free money. Oh, for sure. And I think the mortgages can also be treated that way, especially in the last 10 years that we have seen some, uh, well, Canada, uh, we, we, we have seen increases in the mortgage, um, sorry, in the real estate uh, that uh, we own, uh, I know in the U.S. too. But if we start using it like an ATM, that's where the problems start to happen. Exactly. It's all about it's Nate, totally using Sam, it
4: responsibly and using right. using your home, using the equity that you've built in your home, if you're already a homeowner and not just a first-time home buyer, um, it can be a, a very, very good way to to build to build wealth and to, and to build towards your future with, with rates as low as they are now and like you said, the amount of uh, the increase in prices have, have built a lot of equity into in homes in Canada now. And you can use, you can utilize that equity at a much lower interest rate in your home, pulling it out and investing in, in, a, in um, a more successful investment vehicle. And, and you can really, really gain some wealth doing it that way. But you have to be responsible about it. And again, it goes full circle back to having, uh, having the conversation with your, with your trusted advisors and, and putting a plan in place.
2: Right. Well, Nate, um, we have three minutes uh, before we're, we're done here. Uh, how can people get a hold of you if they have more questions or just want to have a conversation with you about their own personal mortgage?
4: Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you can get a hold of me on my email at nmacavoy at dominionlending.ca. That's N-M-C-A-V-O-Y at dominionlending.ca. Or you can also get a hold of me on Twitter at at mortgage nate sorry at mortgage underscore nate.
2: Okay, perfect. Now do you do you have a website?
4: Uh yes, I do that as well. Uh it's www.natemacavoy.ca dot nate dot ca. So N A T E M C A V O Y dot C A.
2: Perfect. Perfect.
3: I love, I got to say, I think the, the piece that sort of sums up the episode for me that I think is a big message or an important message for people is you can use debt responsibly. Definitely. You can use credit responsibly and understanding debt and understanding credit, understanding where you're at, understanding your goals, the numbers, your budget, working on your fear around debt, what it means and, and really leveraging resources. To work with a team, work with a mortgage broker, a financial advisor, have a lawyer, work as a team once you understand that and you're ready to act responsibly on that to build wealth. And it's an opportunity. And it's an opportunity that if you understand and you're willing to take those steps, you can use debt to build wealth.
2: Well said, well said, uh, Nate, uh, Nate, we uh, thank you for uh, being on our show today.
3: Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining.
4: Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> and thank uh, thank you, all of you for listening in today, and hopefully uh, you were able to gather some insight into mortgages. You know we covered a lot, and uh, and, as I said, hopefully you, you gather some insight into mortgages and you view them in a, in a different uh, way. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. you And and
3: if there's any questions, you can still email them to us. We can address them next week at info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Thanks for tuning in.
2: And we'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week.